This is the Conscious Economics Podcast, a space where we explore topics that impact the way we live and work. I'm your co-host, Asil Al-Baba, a financial therapist and the CEO of Conscious Economics. And I'm your co-host, Rhiannon Roseland. I'm a serial entrepreneur, best known as the president and CEO of the Economic Club of Canada, but also the co-founder of Conscious Economics. And we are here to really dive deep into a movement that explores a new kind of economy that values people and the planet in harmony with the way that we make profit and of course includes art. Hey everyone, this is the Conscious Economics Podcast, episode one. I am your one of your co-hosts, Rhiannon Roseland, and I'm joined with my lovely Asil. I'm the other co-host, and we're definitely gonna be sharing so much on this beautiful journey with you. But the first episode really is just giving you a glimpse about who we are in the movement we're co-creating together. So we're really excited to launch this movement and we invite you to the conversation each and every time. I honestly think that when I reflect on how we met and I reflect on our unique stories, it just makes perfect sense that we would be coming together and building this movement. Um, And so again, I think it's important for people to kind of anchor themselves into this space and into this podcast by understanding what that movement's all about and and who we really are. So again, we are um, co-creating this conscious economy movement and what that really means to us is a movement that incorporates the well-being of people the well-being of the planet um, and the integration of art into the way that we think about the economy and business and money so for far too long i think we've seen profit and money being made at the expense of people and the planet and obviously to the detriment of many creators and artists. And we wanna be able to create a cohesive understanding of what a new economy can look like that values those things in a different way. Um, And I think that that journey of coming to this point of creating this starts for both of us in two very different places in two very different parts of the world. So I know when we first met, we felt this really deep connection. Like it felt like it was from lifetimes ago. Um, It was so instantaneous, but I think I think it's because the journey that we've both walked, although very different, there's so many areas where it intersects or overlays. So uh, what was the part, I guess, uh, about my story that most deeply resonated for you when we first met? So to, to really um, bring light to this answer, let me just shed some light into why I felt just reading your story and reading about you prior to reaching out to you on, on LinkedIn, because that's really how we, it all started. But uh, to give perspective, my, my background from a professional perspective, I'll get into my story later, uh, comes from the corporate world, spending a decade on, on not just Bay Street, Bay Street was the last place I was in, but like different uh, corporations along the way in different locations, but the corporate world uh, of, of Canada and really uh, starting my financial planning journey uh, at a time where my family was still living on welfare, I, I became a financial advisor. And I walked into the bank and was feeling all this like uh, feelings of feeling like an imposter and like a fraud. Like, what does that even mean to be in a position where you're advising people on your finances when I'm still trying to settle into a new country and, and start my career in, in Canada? 
and having you know welfare support the transition for my family to to build new roots here in Canada um, and and that journey really started for me out of necessity like it's not like I sat there and thought okay financial advisory and planning is really the route I want to take it just happened coincidentally now I know it's not coincidentally mm -hmm. I was meant to be on this path but throughout this journey um, there were a few pieces that were missing in that conversation of money and and uh, all the different patterns that I started witnessing when I would deal with client facing roles throughout the bank and um, I always started getting this um, like interest in diving deeper into the topic beyond the layers of the numbers and the charts and the interest rates and just really going into the emotions and the thoughts and the behaviors that really shape what money means and how it shows up in our life um, having said that I made it a commitment to myself that I needed to now look into my relationship with money and truly walk the walk so I can be of value to the people I'm advising because otherwise I will constantly feel like a fraud if I'm, I'm not going home and practicing what I preach. Uh, so I made a commitment to do so and, and I ended up buying my first condo at 28 and this is in Toronto on Bay Street, uh, the, the location of my condo, which, which was really in a time where the headlines uh, were filled with millennials' inability to participate in the housing market and I wanted to defy these boxes and these um, uh, challenges because it's I wanted to just create a new pathway mm -hmm. and rewrite my money story and just not have the struggles that I grew up around be the ones that forever perpetuate into my future as well um, so having said that I started hearing so much from my clients that I'm their therapist and in doing so, I took that very seriously and went back to school to become a, an actual therapist, marrying both both interdisciplinary fields and starting to really pioneer the the financial therapy of mm. of what that really even means. And I wanted to really blend the 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 practical and technical pieces of money that I was really practicing through my financial planning career, but also integrating the psychology and the emotion and all these different layers that actually are the foundation of our behaviors. Like our behaviors are very unconscious and irrational. So we needed different tools to understand why we do what we do. Uh, Cause you can't uh, analyze emotional problems with logical tools yeah. and you can't bridge that gap. So really, I decided to leave the corporate world in March 2020, started my financial planning practice, and in doing so... Financial therapy practice. Sorry, financial yeah. therapy practice. And in doing so, I did a group coaching program. Um, and in my program, there were a few people who noticed an article written by you at the Golden Mail at the time, and you were talking about the trauma that your family had around money. You're, you mentioned your grandfather's struggles with alcoholism, uh, specifically after the war experiences has been through and the way this lineage integrated into the different parts of your family and how that shows up in the way money is being handled and my clients noticed that there's a lot of synchronicity in what you're preaching about and the work that I do and it was very synchronistic because I got three people forwarding me that article telling me I should reach out to you and I was like like first of all like that was unheard of to get three people um, at the same day sending me your reference and when I researched who you were and, and really read your story because there's so many amazing references about you out there I was like this is like my idol like this is my dream come true mm -hmm. to meet a woman uh, who really works in the space that you do 
and I was very nervous reaching out to you but when I did and we connected the first time um, I still get goosebumps just understanding the depth of of that connection and really finally seeing that you know you're my partner in crime this is a mission that we're destined to be on it's a mission well beyond us and we're just humble vehicles in its transmission and it's a movement beyond us we're simply voices to to it but we are even our mission statement at unconscious economics is about co-creation because we very much acknowledge that our feminine power is to collaborate, is to call in, yes. is to invite people into the conversation. Yes. Um, and this is not just about an agenda that we're pushing on to anybody. So what attracted me to you in the first meeting is is that vulnerability, is that meeting was nothing like you'd expect to have with somebody you just met. Um, and your story had very similar intersections with mine around the struggles we shared. Uh, so this is like, I needed to go back to, to share the journey I was sure. on from professional perspective, because it really led me to this moment. And like, I, you need to make these spaces in your life to acknowledge beautiful things when they happen. And you know, it was divine timing, really. It was, it was. Well, and I mean, we're sitting here today together and, you know, very intrinsically linked at this moment. And so my version of that story and how I got to that day of meeting you, um, and I, I know many people might already have heard bits and pieces of this, but I took over the Economic Club of Canada at 26 years old. I was the first woman and youngest person to take over that organization. That the Economic Club of Canada being the country's national podium of record, hosting over 100 events a year. And for me to be in that position, the imposter syndrome that I felt, just as you speak of your upbringing and then being a financial planner while your family is still struggling, um, I felt that same sort of shame. I grew up, like I mentioned in the article, um, in a home of intergenerational trauma, financial trauma. Um, there was alcoholism in my home. There was definitely deep struggles with my Money and that those money struggles were the catalyst for much of the abuse and, and different things that happened within my home. And so for me, um, I was a, a high school dropout at 15. I was struggling with drugs and alcohol. And then I ended up getting on my path to where I am now and, and investing in my education, being the first in my family to do so. So fast forward to me becoming the CEO of the Economic Club and I really needed to make that make sense. And so I wanted to start to invite young people that grew up like me into the world of economics and business and so started the junior economic club and was really focused on financial literacy um, for the first you know 10 years of of really building that organization it was financial literacy and financial wellness but what i realized is that there was such a piece missing from the conversation and especially as i started to work with more and more youth that did grow up like me in more precarious situations i realized that there was a deep uh, emotional layer that we weren't actually getting to when we were doing this work around basic budgeting and you know teaching about investing that there had to be something deeper and so that article that I wrote was really about us launching um, what was our mindfulness and money program mm -hmm. so being able to and this was all interconnected to launching the Global Institute for Conscious Economics and you know our listeners will hear more about all of this as we continue on but in launching mindfulness and money and writing that article, I was outing myself. I was outing myself to 
all the community, to all of the country in a national newspaper about the fact that I myself struggle with financial trauma and what I call financial PTSD. And so, and this is a very real thing when people have experienced traumatic events associated with money, we do have a level of post-traumatic stress that's involved with that. And that came with a whole number of beliefs and also behaviors for me that were very embarrassing and shameful as I was, you know, upholding an organization that was about the wealthiest, you know, leaders in the world and, you know, commerce and 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 public policy and monetary policy. So I took this risk of writing this this article and sharing my story and in doing that the number one thing, the most important thing that came out of that, other than the fact that I felt like I was finally being really deeply honest about where I was coming from, was you, was that that article brought me to you. And so of course, so you're getting all of these messages to reach out to me. We have a meeting that's scheduled. One of them got moved for some reason, and then we had our first meeting. And from the moment that you came on the screen, um, I don't really, I can't really explain it other than to say that there's only a few times in my life that I've had a moment where I've met somebody and I've deeply felt a soul resonance that it's like I've known this person before. The ease to which I was able to communicate with you things that I don't even tell some of the closest people to me in that short meeting and the stories that we shared, um, the resonance between our heart and our, and our work and in our mission, the tears that we cried, um, in, a, in a first business meeting, it told me that this is somebody that is on the wavelength and, and the resonance with building that conscious economy, with pushing into you know the the discourse this feminine way of connecting and doing business just like you said which is all about us being emotionally in tune um, creative and collaborative and really being able to look at business and our systems and our world through this other lens and and to know that there is a space for people that are heart-centered and and still be in commerce in business and and to speak about those things so for me i just will never forget that moment and the gratitude that i feel that you know we were brought together and that you sit beside me now as the ceo of this organization is is massive and um and i really hope that everyone that's listening right now hears in in my voice and in a seal's voice just how much this movement means to us how it comes from the depth of our experience as little girls and now as women uh, leading this charge so i mean i can't not get emotional thinking about that because the i'm um i'm very grateful and i always will be but it's so deeply ingrained with our identity as well. Like I recall vividly, vividly, there's a day, I grew up in a war zone. I, I'm from South Lebanon and there's a time where there were massive uh, chaos happening outdoor. Like the school across the street from me was turned into a military camp. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't have much of electricity or like, I lived just on the suburbs of the city. So uh, we'd have like maybe six hours of electricity a day. And we had like maybe two or three news channels, which were obviously mainly like about politics and not much of cartoons that a child like me would want to watch. So a lot of my time was filled with imagine, imagine, I needed to keep myself busy. I needed to, 
uh, find a purpose to why I'm there. So I started asking existential questions from such a young age about who am I? I, I would literally voice that question so vividly and frequently where I'd sit on the balcony and like look up at the sky and like talk to God. I'm like, who am I? Like, why am I here? Um, and I get so much chills like thinking about that moment because this one day um, it's as if I got the answer and I was in my brother's room and there was a lot of chaos like inside my household outside my household um, and and I got this like chills thinking oh I'm born to change the world um, and I decided to write to claim my mission on that day and I made a business card. I mean, there's no such thing as a business card when you're eight years old, but like for some reason I needed something to claim that mission. So I wrote changer of the world and I'm like, okay, maybe that's too long. So I'm just gonna call myself the changer. And now I wanted to go back to school and I started writing this on my exam papers, on my books, like this is, I just wanted to become the changer. Um, and this is like now, my life has come full circle because from that moment till now there were days where i denied that uh, that mission and purpose and calling because it's not cool i mean especially when you're eight years old claiming you're born to change the world you're bullied you're made fun of you're alienated um you're just a weirdo who doesn't know what she's talking about and i was definitely all that i was definitely the outsider not only was I definitely coming out of the city, but I was outsider in every way. I was just not, I never fit in. And when you're growing up, even now, it's something you can take proud of when you when you stand out. But growing up, you just want to fit in. Of and course. and it was such a hard struggle for me to claim that purpose and, and really own it. So my years were left uh, following that moment is really trying to conform and conform and conform. Um, and that's why I say that I was born knowing who I am and now I'm just trying to remember it. Mm. And I feel that meeting you um, is like that day I get to reclaim that purpose again. Mm. It's like, it's, it's, th that meeting is equivalent to me in importance to that day when I was an eight year old claiming that I'm born to change the world. And um, yeah, my life's coming full circle. <laughs> wow. I mean, obviously your story, I, I can't help but, but tear up in hearing that story and thinking about the little girl that I was um, growing up in a different chaotic environment, but a chaotic environment nonetheless. And um, my moment, I always felt that there was something deeper calling me. I always felt like I was here to do something big. Like I just felt that in my heart. Um, but I went on my own path of trying to fit in and that path led me to drugs and alcohol and things at a very early age. I was experimenting with things by the age of 12. Like I said, I was found myself out of school and, um, you know, dating a, a much older a person who was in a gang at 15 um, and I had my awakening experience at 15 where I woke up one day looked in the mirror looked in my own eyes and saw a hollowness that could only be identified in the eyes of the women of my family my grandmother my mother and I just all of a sudden knew at that age that if I continued on the path that I was on that I was going to perpetuate a cycle it was like I knew exactly where I was headed and something 
in my heart and my soul told me that this is not why I'm here. And so I ran outside and took a little piece of paper because I too had to claim something. <laughs> and I wrote down um, that I was going to be the first person in my family to break this chain and that I was going to be the first person in my family to pursue an education and to do these different things. And I had started my first business when I was 10 years old. I was always creating and imagining um, and innovating really and trying to come up with solutions to my own little problems that were in my world. Um, never ever would I have expected to have ended up at the helm of the economic club, but even as I sit here now, I sit here more truly in my core essence of who I am and you've helped me to be that because when you find someone who sees you for exactly who not who you're trying to be but who you truly are that that reflection that comes back allows you to step more fully when you're properly and fully seen and the way that you see me and the way that I see you I think we can do that for each other but I spent years of my career at the helm of the economic club trying to fit in there pretend that I didn't come from poverty pretend that I didn't come from the violence that I came from and when I when I sort of sit here now at the helm of conscious economics, um, you know, this is truly what I was meant to do, but I had to go on that journey in order yeah. to get here. And, um, and it's been quite a journey in order to create that movement. This podcast is brought to you by RBC Investees. We express our sincere gratitude because really this wouldn't have been possible without you. And especially the fact that you're offering a, waiving the first year fees for all the members and the followers of Conscious Economics. So if you're interested in taking advantage of this offer, you can use our promo code AA616 and the details of that would be in the show notes. And so this movement for us is, is about truth, I think. It's about um, inviting everyone into the, the space and the frequency of believing that this world and our systems that are upheld right now in this world, in this consciousness, um, can be changed. And that we are taking the principles of the universal principles of interconnectedness, of knowing that each and every one of us play a unique role and purpose and applying that lens to the way we look at business, to the way we look at the economy. And that I know if you're listening out there there right now and you've struggled um, to find your place and, and find your match in, in being both someone who's passionate about money and finance and business but also passionate about the world and social justice and the well-being of the planet and not knowing where you fit i hope you find a home here and i hope you realize that this is probably going to be the most offside economic focused podcast that you've ever heard because we're going to talk about everything here yes. um everything yeah so our mission statement when we came up with it it was like brilliant but it still gives me chills it's co-creating the new economy radically with love and this is exactly what we're trying to do the reason it's a co-creation like i mentioned earlier it's because 
everybody has a seat on our table. Every voice matters. And this is a movement that we collectively have a say in where no one's agenda is taking over and where we take into consideration the inclusivity and the, all the different pieces of what our future should look like when we integrate more awareness and mindfulness across the board. And the reason it's radical, because it has to be radical, it has to disrupt, it has to be bold, it has to push boundaries, it has to make you uncomfortable, um, because it will be, any change is uncomfortable. Yes. Um, but yet, we are delivering it with love, because that's our nurturing feminine really leading. Like we shared a little bit of our childhood, so there's days where our inner child would take the lead. There's days where our assertive leadership would, would be in the front. There's days where our motherhood archetype would, would be on the table. Like we have very dynamic and versatile personas that we, we like within us that we bring out of each other depending off what the situation calls. And, and the more authentic you are in your life, the more you're able to do truly be instrumental in this movement and we want to constantly invite you to join us. So what you should expect from us in this podcast moving forward is we're going to discuss a lot of different topics across the four pillars that constitute conscious economics, the people, planet, profit, art. Uh, we'll share with you the different programs that we do th in which we activate these particular pillars because there's a lot about the pieces that we do. We're gonna have raw conversations, we're gonna have speakers, we're gonna bring in people from our staff and people from our community and people from our partners that are truly helping us with this mission because I continuously wanna reinforce that it's a co-creation. Yes. Um, but what else do you think we should tell them about what to expect? I just think that I make the commitment to our listeners that I will show up as raw and honest as possible through this process and this journey. It's a journey that we're embarking upon. We're committing to showing up weekly to our listeners and, and really inviting you into the journey of what it means for us to really create this organization, um, for us to be you know, making and, and creating a movement and inviting you along the way so it's interactive we want to hear back from you um we'll be you know on social media and hopefully yeah. this is just the beginning of something really great so thank you for listening thank you for tuning in we'll be back next week and uh thank you for welcoming us in stay in touch space. and there's so much more coming your way so be ready Thank you for tuning in to the Conscious Economics Podcast. To support us, please rate, subscribe, or review the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you want to find out more about how to get involved, you can also become a member at ConsciousEconomics.ca. We look forward to continuing to share this journey with you.